0: What's your story? This is Success Stories with Kendra Hall, where inspirational people come to tell their story so that you can write your own. Here's Kendra. One of the main reasons I wrote my book, Stories That Stick, which is all about using storytelling in business, is because storytelling had become such a buzzword that it had entirely watered down the meaning of what a story really is. Anything was passing as a story and I felt like it was really important to redefine it and therefore give the word and the stories themselves a little bit more power. Today's conversation felt a lot like that taking another word that maybe in its rise to popularity has lost some of the meaning. Today's topic is coaching. What is a coach? How do you know if you need one? How do you know if a coach is working for you? This and so many more questions are answered in today's interview. I loved having this conversation. I hope you enjoy hearing it. Today's guest is Ben Fairfield. He serves as the Managing Director of Success Coaching. Yes, one of our success team insiders. An accomplished realty broker, business coach, and a certified air traffic controller, Ben's diverse background allows him to bring a unique perspective to his clients' businesses, empowering them to lead their team successfully and reach each of their own full potentials. Ben, welcome to success. We're so excited to hear your stories.
1: Thanks so much. I'm glad to be here, Kendra.
0: Well, we have a lot to talk about today, but really, and a little bit selfishly, um, I want to start with what you used to do before what you're doing right now, which is you were an air traffic controller. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. The, uh, that piece of paper right behind me was uh, a very expensive uh, exercise. Yeah, so I'm a pilot and air traffic controller, which I never commercially used either of them, but but I have uh, the certificates. So yeah, it was an interesting experience.
0: Oh my gosh. So, so tell me, like what I... When I read that in your bio and, and heard that that was one of the certifications that you have, I kind of felt like I was talking to a celebrity because it's well acknowledged that an air traffic controller is one of the most stressful jobs. And I would imagine the training to be able to get that certification was extremely intense. Can you... A, can you tell me what led you to pursue that? And and B, what was that experience
1: like? So I tell the story that I'm an air traffic controller by accident. So it wasn't, uh, you know, my guidance counselor didn't say, hey, you know, I have an idea for you. Uh, it, I've kind of backed into it. So uh, making a long story short, uh, I worked here locally. I live in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Uh, we have a beautiful golf course here. And the, the man that owns that company, he just recently passed away. But uh, he said, "Hey, come be my my chief pilot." He had a big Gulfstream Five, and I said, "Hey, that sounds cool. I can live here." Uh, and you had to build up hours, so I went to flight school, moved to North Dakota, to Grand Forks, North Dakota, went to flight school, uh, and halfway through my four year degree in flight school, um, September 11th happened, mm. and so I remember sitting on the edge of my bed in the morning and and watching this all kind of unfold, like we all did, right? But and then I'm kind of after the initial shock began to subside, I'm thinking through like, wow, this is going to absolutely change the industry that I was just about to go into. Mm. And I don't know what that change is going to be, but I'm guessing it's going to be pretty dramatic. And so uh, in that moment, I had to to decide, you know, I've got to do something to be prepared for what the inevitable comes, you know, brings to me down on the other side of this. And so uh, I decided to stay back uh, an extra summer. And so I really thought back, okay, what can I do uh, that translates uses the two years that I've already done. That I'm not going to abandon this, but I want to to give me a you know another option on the other side and uh, and all of that stuff transferred. And so I stayed back a summer, which in North Dakota is miserable. It's worse than the winter. Uh, and so I stayed back a summer and uh, and just restarted. And not only uh, you know I'm a pilot, but went through the air traffic controller program because a lot of the courses on the first two years were similar. And so um, never intended to go down that path, and then found myself doing it. And what's interesting is. Uh, again, I've never uh, I turned the opportunity down when I had the offer from FAA, and I knew that's what it wasn't what I wanted to do when I went down the the coaching and the sales path again, not planning for it. Uh, but looking back on it, it's some of the best training I've ever had that translates to everything I'm doing now uh, because you're it puts everything in perspective when you're you're controlling traffic, you're controlling this screen with planes with two to four hundred people on board, and there's a bunch of them all over. and so you're you're having to play this game and this puzzle all the time in your mind. Uh, and it really puts into perspective that there's really not that many big deals in life, right? Like, no matter what happens every day, uh, there's always a solution. It's you just got to think through it. You got to think a couple steps ahead. But there's always a way to make things work and get to, you know, the, the destination that you're shooting for. Um, and I think that that served me well in, in what I do. And I've been able to pass that on to people over time, too.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking about what, you know, and especially now with... Um Air travel picking up. I mean, I've been at uh, several, I've been flying for the past year, even throughout the pandemic, I was one of the people who was still on planes and um, you know, I, I remember as you're as you're pulling into an airport and you're looking around and you're seeing like six or seven other planes waiting to land. And I know mm. that there is a there is a person in a tower who's fitting at these pieces of the puzzle together. It's just fascinating. And I do I I I assumed because I know when there is like a big shift in direction. So from, I mean, the the shift from pilot to air traffic controller maybe isn't so drastic, but to go from air traffic controller to coaching to the, the outside world may seem like a huge shift. But you, you mentioned that a, there were a lot of crossover skills. Tell me, what are a few of those Aside from fitting the pieces of the puzzle together, what are some of the other transferable skills that as we move into our conversation about what you're doing now, which is managing director of success coaching and, and that entire uh, career path? What are some of those crossover points?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I think the one of the biggest ones is is looking at things in a timeline of an approach, if that makes sense. So I think a lot of people, you know, it's the parade analogy. A lot of people in their life and in their world, they're they're watching the parade from their perspective, but they're missing the beginning and the end. All they're seeing is what's right in front mm. of them. And what this taught me was, was we need to kind of take a three-dimensional look at, in this situation, of course, air travel. But in life, it translates um that, that this everything is bigger than the situation I find myself in. Every single problem, every every success, every opportunity, everything that I find myself in today, right now, there, there's more to it than that. And it doesn't have to be good or bad. There's there's not really a good or bad to it. But the point being, I can't just make decisions based on what's right in front of me because there's a lot more to the story uh, around it. And so it's almost retraining the brain to look at things from a, a higher perspective, a little bit bigger perspective, or a broader view to see really, okay, the decision I make today in this right now, in this moment, it might sound amazing now, but how does that impact three and four steps down the road? Does it, does it still serve me? Does it still move me in the direction that I want to go? And I think that's one of the biggest things that it taught me because, you know, for, for example, when you're you're looking at the scope and you're lining things up for approach or, or departure, you can have 30 to 60 planes on your scope at a time. And you're not only lining them up front to back, but you have to make sure they have separation horizontally and vertically at the same time. And so you're, you're always having to think multiple steps through because if I move this plane here and down in altitude, does that cause a problem three planes ahead where they're going to potentially run into mm. each other? And so it, it, it forces you to think ahead three and four steps ahead and think a little bit bigger picture with a, a broader impact versus what we all default to. And that's just right in our moment, what's right in front of us, what we feel like it really kind of helps to remove feeling or emotion from that that decision making process, and really look at the bigger picture.
0: Do you find that people really struggle with with that in the coaching that you've done? Because I'm I'm thinking about myself my my husband is someone who could create a he he thinks in terms of legacy i would say maybe maybe not up and down maybe maybe not vertically but definitely horizontally um and i am right in the i think i can see things more clearly from all like a spherical sense but my sphere is very small right like i can it, it's a it's the whole you know it's 360 degrees of the parade but it is the two floats right in front of me what do you what do you see when people are how do you help them out of this what are what are some of those um, perspective shifts that you help people make?
1: Sure well, I think that you, you said something that's interesting there you You touched on the fact that uh, everyone has a different perspective naturally mm-hmm. right We're all wired differently we we perceive the world differently, and it, we just talked about this yesterday in our certification course that perception versus reality concept that that your reality and my reality aren't necessarily our reality; they're our perception right. of reality, and it doesn't mean that either of them's wrong. It's it's our reality based on the filters we're looking through. And so, what you said that that struck me there was your husband looks longer, maybe on the horizontal plane, and, and you you are, are a little bit tighter in on your your focus. But what I can tell you is, we need the uh, the opinion, the advice, the perspective of both mm-hmm. of those make the best decisions possible. Because for instance, I look more, uh, more long-term. I, I probably don't celebrate enough things in mm-hmm. the moment. Um, and so that's, that can be a negative, right? That doesn't mean it's good. I, there's a lot of advantages for looking longer term and, and strategically that's more the way my brain is wired. But if I don't have people in my life that are the opposite of me in that way, then I can miss celebrating some of the stuff I worked really hard for four years ago and lining this whole strategy up. And then I get here and I don't celebrate it because I'm too busy looking forward another multiple years. So having that perspective is big. And what I find is, at least for the clients that I work with, a lot of them don't have that long view, right? Because we're not really taught that in school. I mean, like so many other really key skills, we're not really taught that in the school system. And so we're we're kind of by default, we come out looking uh, and feeling and observing the world a certain way. So I think the biggest thing is identifying with the client's how they're wired, how they mm. see the world, what their reality is, and then being able to maybe bring a different perspective to them. Not not to say that right. they're wrong, but to encourage them that there may be another way to look at the same situation to ensure that, that the decisions they're making, the actions they're taking, the thoughts they're having are all serving them long term.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was something you said right at the beginning as we were first talking, as you were halfway through your um, pilots, you know, pilot training in 9-11 happened and it was this big event. Um, And I kind of feel like which which caused you to take an extra summer, you know, like, how does this I kind of feel like the past year, the past 18 months um, with COVID-19 and, you know, the pandemic and all the residual effects have had a similar, I don't know, I don't know what to call it. If it's a, it's a, I've felt this like a pause of a reevaluation or pause sounds uh, gentler than maybe it was in some uh, senses, but an opportunity for perspective shifts. So, and and again I want to get into I have a lot of questions to ask you about coaching but this came this came to me what are you as we're coming out of the pandemic um and everybody's brains are a little jumbled and trying to figure out you know what is long term what is short term everything got kind of flipped upside down what are you seeing or what are you advising your clients to do as they're recalibrating for whatever is Next ahead.
1: Mm. Yeah, so th- we talked about this yesterday too. So there's there, there's a framework that we use in coaching called the layers of the mind, right? And um, it comes from research by Milton Erickson and a lot of really, really, really good psychologists. So it's not my stuff, but uh, but it's very effective. And we, we went through a lot of this yesterday, in the, in the sense that we use this very example of COVID. When COVID first happened, um, you know what we saw, at least what I saw and what our industry saw was a lot of people um, got really antsy and they began moving, like physically moving where they lived. Yeah. What's interesting about that is that follows psychologically exactly the pattern that this lays out, saying that that our environment is the lowest level, right? So that's where everyone starts. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is when, when stuff like that happens, something big happens, unexpected happens, um, you know, the, the dice are shaken up, if you will, of our life. And now we're kind of trying to reassess as the dust is settling what's the, the new norm or the path forward, What's interesting is in an attempt to mask other things that are going on, which I'll talk about, they tried what was the easiest, which was to change their environment. Mm. That's, that's by nature, that's by default. Since we were cavemen, that's been our first thing. If it's not safe here, I'm going to move my location, I'm going to change my environment. The problem is, and I had a number of clients like this, told them, you take yourselves with you. Yeah. <laughs> what you're feeling in that moment is not because of your environment, likely. It's probably a bigger issue, which there's a whole chain of things that we work people through this process. Identity is the top of this pyramid of, of layers of the mind. There's an issue much bigger than that. And the only reason it had anything to do with COVID is because a lot of the other things that were distracting you from dealing with it, mm-hmm. now were taken away. Mm-hmm. And so now what has been this big, hairy, audacious, ugly baby in our world for a long time, now we can't see anything but it. And now we're trying to find ways to cope with it and deal with it and sweep it under the rug and make it go away without actually doing what's needed. Yeah. So it was interesting. We're, we saw that with moves. Unfortunately, we saw it with divorce. Mm-hmm. We saw that in a lot of areas where, uh, you know, and I, I'm not a psychologist, so I'm not saying I, I can figure everyone out. But what I know is uh, they were they were dealing with the fruit issues. And we talked about this yesterday too. Whenever an issue shows up, a tendency is to deal with the fruit and we never have lasting change until we get all the way down and deal with the root. Mm-hmm. There's always a root cause. There's always something bigger that is leading to the fruit that we're seeing or what's being manifested in front of us. Uh, and it's not until we actually go down and figure that out uh, that we really are going to see a different result, see different fruit and see different things in our life happening. And so that's that's where coaching, I mean this this is been an awesome year for coaching in that way. It's been hard and it's been difficult for a lot of people in and, and, and the conversations with our coaches, with people. But uh, we've had an awesome opportunity to really come alongside people when they need it the most, because it, it really is a, is a big, big opportunity when something big like that happens. And we're so blessed in this country. We haven't had many of those things in our lifetime.
0: Right. Yep. Yep. Where, where you're just stripped all the way all the way down to like the bare, <laughs> to the bare bones of it all, and and yeah. who who do I want to be? Who do I want to become? That i that issue of identity there. So so that's very that's very interesting. I when COVID happened when it first hit, we are we're based in New York City, and um, it was really interesting because my husband and I we have we had places we could go elsewhere. We have family in Minnesota, we have property in Arizona. There was the opportunity to change our environment. But I don't know, there was something, and many reasons to do it too, if you're in you know, New York City. It was the, yeah. But instead we turned off the news, so all we could really see was what was around us and really doubled down that we wanted to stay. And I think that now as you're talking, I think we, I had that instinct like, okay, this isn't the environment. you know, there are, and of course there were a lot of things that we learned about that I learned about myself. However, this is really what, this is what I'm really excited. Well, all of it is very exciting, but I want to talk to you about coaching and, and what it is and how it can serve people. And to start, there, I was hoping you could address because we hear the word coaching a lot. Coaching makes a lot of sense <laughs> in um, in a in an athletic environment, you know. Like that's, I feel like that's where everyone's like, oh yeah, coach, of course. But outside of that, it starts to sound a little. Uh, what actually is it? Um, and so I want to hear from you. What are some of the misperceptions of? I know. So kind of start with the the negative, if you will. But sure. what are some of the misperceptions of a coach? Like what is a coach not or or how can we help for anyone listening? Like, eh, I don't really know. Address some of those misperceptions.
1: Yeah. So I, I will start by saying I am one of the biggest, <laughs> biggest, uh, criticizers of uh, the word coach and of the the loose industry. Uh, the problem is this. If you go on LinkedIn, coach is the same as CEO now, oh. right? It's a title that's loosely held and everyone in their brother's third cousin's uncle's aunt is a coach or a CEO. Like of amazed, even nothing against anybody, but regardless of what they're selling, if they're selling coasters, they're a CEO of that company, right? So it's lost its, uh, it's, lost its effectiveness and its meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's really where, I wasn't looking for a job, Uh, and when I (laughs) when I got the call from uh, from Dawn and then met with Glenn, who who bought you know Glenn Stanford, who bought uh, uh, Success Magazine, Success Enterprises, I wasn't looking for an opportunity. But when they started painting this picture of of their vision, and we have this this brand that's one hundred and twenty four, almost one hundred twenty five years old, arguably the leader in personal development space. We want to really set the bar in the coaching space because it's the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. There's, there's really no licensing requirements. There's no, there's no bar, if you will. Like anybody can do it. And so um, that's, that's where this whole thing came from is, is really leveling up that industry and kind of setting. And there's a lot of good coaching companies out there, don't get me wrong, but, but there's a lot of uh, them who aren't. Yeah. And, and so we really wanted to come in and really kind of help clear that up because a lot of people say coach. And they have no idea what that actually means. So, so to answer your second part of your question, uh, a coach uh, is not somebody who tells you what to do. That's a consultant. Mm, that- a coach is someone who asks powerful questions. A coach is someone who's going to tell you that your baby's ugly, even when you don't want to <laughs> hear it, right? I use this example all the time that you have kids, yeah? Yeah, yep. So yeah, so we, we both have kids. When our kids are born, we think they are the most beautiful children that the earth has ever seen. Rightfully so, we should. We created them. Like, that's the way that it was designed. That's perfect. Yet you and I both know that there's some babies out there that are really not attractive. They're not mine. Not
0: mine. My babies are beautiful. But yes, out there in the world. Yes, somewhere.
1: (laughs) Uh, Of course. Like, a couple of those babies where we see them and the people are like, check out our baby. And we're like, oh. Inside, we're like, filter, filter, filter. Like, that's what I'm talking about. So- that baby translates to a lot of people's business and life. And when it's ours and we're so close to it, we think our business or our life or our whatever is just the most beautiful, perfect thing in the whole world. Mm -hmm. And there may be parts of it that are. Uh, But the problem with trying to coach ourselves, I hear that a lot. The problem with that is that we're too close to it. But Les Brown says you can't see the picture when you're Mm -hmm. in the frame. Mm -hmm. We can't see the flat spots because we've lost objectivity. It's too close to us. For entrepreneurs, we put too much time and blood and sweat and tears into building it. We're the last person that's going to be objective and say, yeah, this needs mm-hmm. fixed. And so a coach doesn't come along and tell you what you want to do. In fact, most of my clients, we, I just read an article that's coming out in the magazine, this, this next issue. And most of my clients, actually, there's a lot of times where they don't like me. But what they know is I'm telling them what they don't want to hear, but I'm doing it because I care about them and because I'm committed to moving them forward. Right. It's all about a matter of the heart. It's not that I'm saying it to criticize them or hurt them or put them down. I'm saying it because they're paying me to give them that honest feedback and perspective. Now, I'm I'm doing it the correct way. It doesn't make it easier to hear. So a coach is somebody that comes alongside and is doing this life with you, but they're helping you shortcut a lot of Mm -hmm. the pitfalls. Because they're seeing things you just flat out can't. You've got blinders on as the business owner or as the entrepreneur. You, know, you think about somebody, you who know, pro athletes like Tiger Woods I use as an example. Uh, mm-hmm. Tiger Woods has over six coaches. Tiger Woods is one of the best golfers of all. Phil Mickelson, same thing, has a ton of coaches. Now, from the outside world, people look at that and say, well, why does he need a coach? He's a great golfer. Well, yeah, they're, they're great at disciplines and fundamentals of the game, but they've not arrived and neither mm-hmm. have you or I. Like we're, we're never at peak uh, performance. There's always something we can do to improve it. And, and the problem is, especially as we gain success, and this is where uh, this is why I see most of my clients are our top performers, because the, the more successful we become, the more drunk on that success we get. And we start telling ourselves this lie that, oh, look how much I've accomplished, look how much I've done. And that's great. You should celebrate that. But you're taking your foot off the gas to celebrate when well, look how much more you could do. If you made what mm-hmm. you had better, if you evolved it, you, you massaged it, you, you flattened out or you rounded out some of those flat spots. Uh, that's what a coach does. It gets you further, faster in the direction of your goal. Uh, and so a, a coach is somebody that you invite in on this journey with you. Um, and really where we see the, the most uh, impact is when it's not just a person, but they have other people that are, are benefiting from the organization or a part of this tribe, if you will. Uh, at that point, that's leadership. We owe it to those people to do the best we can and create the biggest opportunity we can. And so, uh, you know, coaching is, is very much asking questions. It's guiding. It's giving honest feedback, objective perspective. It, it is not a buddy. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not a friend. Uh, it's not a consultant that's going to tell you exactly what you should do. It, it's somebody that's going to to trust that you already have the answers inside, and it's going to ask the questions to get that out of you. And, and I'll forward.
0: say I have a um I've worked with several coaches currently and in the past. And I would say I can think about two uh, sessions that I had with one of my coach over several months, separated the two of them. And (laughs) after both of them, I felt miserable. I was like, I'm done. I need to just cancel this contract. Like I, and and I knew to give it a little bit of time. And I realized that the reason I was like, this is, uh-uh, I'm not doing this, is because they were telling me things that I really didn't want to admit. And I had been, Trying to find all these different ways around to get to the next, you know, like get to the the next point without addressing the elephants in the room, and they right. just kept bringing the elephants right back up. And I would cover the elephant with a camouflage sheet, and they would pull it off, and um, and and it took months actually. And as an achiever, as someone who who is in the personal development space. Like, I teach people how to, uh, of course, my expertise is in storytelling, but how to uh, work and adapt and choose better stories to tell themselves to lead to new success. Like, I could think that I have it all figured out, and here I was, like, wanting to stomp around and say, um, and it wasn't until, you know, I, I guess the benefit is, I know that that is exactly how a good coach should make you feel. And again, I want to make it very clear, it was not um inappropriate. Like the it wasn't because there was some sort of abuse or it was because of my own desire not to address those items. And I felt it on a very deep level and it took months actually until I was finally willing to address those issues and make the changes and then progress forward. So, yeah, I mean, so so I guess that leads me to another question. how How do you know if you need a coach? And actually, before you answer it, I think I'll share the conclusion that I came to, um, as someone who had achieved all of the success that I had outlined for myself, like if on that list of things that I wanted to accomplish, I had kind of done it. I'd run off the runway, if you will. And I had plateaued, but not plateaued in a bad way. Like I was sitting pretty in my dream apartment with my dream job and a great family. Um, but I was still plateaued. And I would imagine that Tiger Woods has felt that way or anybody. Right. And that is when I realized I'm like, I need some outside, right? I'm only seeing that one part of the parade. I need someone who can see the front and the back of it. So that's when I realized I needed a coach, but what are some of the other ways that uh, you might say to yourself, Oh wait, maybe a coach would, would help me here.
1: Yeah. So (laughs) this is big. And to your example, he said plateaued. So think of like a Tiger Woods or, or Mickelson in this, this case. Their coaches are not better than they are in all aspects of the game. Right. Their, their coaches are better than them at one component mm-hmm. of the game. That's why they have multiple coaches. So when they're when they're hitting a plateau in this example, they're hitting a plateau, they're isolating down to what the part of their game they need help on. And then they go hire a coach in that area. Mm -hmm. Right. So if they if it's a short game, they're chipping, they're putting, they're going to go find somebody who's better than them in that area. Because a lot of people on the outside say, oh, they don't need a coach because they're better than everybody else. No, that's not true. They're consistently over time better at most of it than everyone else. But then we all you me, them. All of us hit seasons where we we do hit that plateau. We're on that hamster wheel. No matter what we do, we can't change the result, it feels. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of people, their answer to that instinctively is just to do more. Right. And the problem with that is doing more of the same thing gets you the exact same result. All it does mm-hmm. is frustrate you and stress you out. So I went through
0: that. I went that, through that for a while first where I was like, I just felt like I was spinning my wheels and I'm like, oh, I can never. I thought the way out was just to do more. And it was it was very frustrating.
1: Well, and what's interesting is the, the secret there. It's actually counterintuitive. The secret is not to do more. It's actually to do less. Mm-hmm. It's to do more of, of fewer things. It's to do more of the right things. So I think there's a lot of ways I mean the, the flat out answer that I give with everybody is everyone needs a coach. Anyone who is in a relationship breathing or in business needs a coach in my opinion, right And I mm-hmm. thought coaching for a long time before I got into coaching a long time ago being coach, not even before, when I became one. So I fought it too because on my my perception was this airy fairy life coaching sing kumbaya with me light yeah. incense and make me feel warm and fuzzy like that's not what I was looking for and turns out I was letting my own perception of my reality skew the the reality that that actually was out there and in the, as a result you know you can't ever look back and, and wonder what if but at the same time who knows I might be further faster and more in the direction of where I wanted to go if I had checked my own perception of reality against what was actually out there. So uh, I think it's any we feel like we're hitting a plateau, we're bumping our head against the wall. Um, you know, we're, we're out of objective ideas or we don't quite know what to do moving forward. I think the other thing I see a lot of times is you've got and Michael Gerber talks about this in the E-Myth Revisited. Right. You've got a lot of entrepreneurs who in this this environment that we find ourselves in the last decade, the whole hustle culture. And and again, I don't agree with a lot of it because it's just saying just do more, don't sleep, work harder. It's like, no, that's not. the Anyway, separate conversation. The point being, uh, what's interesting about all of this to me is that they they're they're pushing this agenda that that it's all on us and we're solopreneurs. Well, again, that's great. And at some time uh, you hit a plateau and you can't do much. And so then all of a sudden you decide you realize you need to bring on other people. You need to have leverage in your life because you can't work 24 hours a day. That's also a huge opportunity to bring in a coach because, like Michael Gerber says in the book, a lot of these entrepreneurs that we see today, they're excellent at what they do, but they're not business people. Mm -hmm. They're technicians. They're not business people. There's a big difference. A technician knows something very well, one thing very, very well. That does not translate over into how to lead people, manage people, run a business, build a business. Those are two different skill sets. And so for a lot of these entrepreneurs building something, you know, they launch it, they've got the energy, the honeymoon phase is there. They start to plateau because they've they've hit their stride and they've gotten as far as they can take it on their own. Now they're at a decision point. And and that's where we see a lot of great opportunity to, to step in as coaches and help kind of navigate that process. Because for most people, they've never been there before. Again, it's not taught in school. They didn't really know what that path looks like. Uh, and yet that's, a, that's kind of a fork in the road, if you will. That's a place where they can either turn left and stay where they are forever and have a, a ceiling of achievement and income and everything else. Or they can take a step out and go right and bring somebody else into their world and, and see how big they can take it. So it, it's really a huge opportunity.
0: So, so let me ask you, are there – you had mentioned um, – you know there are like six different components to a great golf game or you know i'm sure there are even you could even break it down even more it could be there could be the coach that's for the pitching wedge or whatever it yeah. is um if you could categorize like what are some of the and this goes along with that initial question of how do you know if you need a coach what are some of the different areas that you see as people as like kind of the gimmies for getting a coach. Uh, you mentioned a business of course, and that's whether you're in business for yourself or perhaps even employed, if you have any desire to elevate. Um, but what are some of the other, what are some of the other areas where people might look to get a coach in their life?
1: So so I'm actually turning in it right now. Um, so there is actually a model that I'm glad to uh, to provide. Uh, you know anybody that wants it, their listeners. So so we actually asked ourselves this question. So success coaching started. Um, I, I came on February 14th, and, and that's that's how far we've come <laughs> in a relatively short amount of time. But we asked ourselves this question: uh, How do we know where to start? And so you know we're all familiar with life wheels. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming yet. Mm-hmm. Life wheels in them, in and of themselves, the ones we had seen fell short because they only addressed a few areas. And so uh, what we did is we actually created a success wheel. Okay. And, yeah. and the reason we did that is it breaks it down. So to answer your question, you know, most life wheels are, are very basic. And so they'll cover things like business purpose, wellness, relationship, social, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a 30,000 foot fly overview. And that's great. Yet if we're going to be effective as coaches or we're going to come alongside people to identify where they need help in their their world, we needed to break that down again. And so we actually broke that down. So under purpose, we've broken it down to spirituality and growth and learning. Under wellness, it's health and fitness and fun and recreation. Under relationship, it's love and family and friends. Under social, it's environment and community. Under business, it's work and money and finance. So really drilling down into where would you rank yourself? Zero to 10, where do you rank yourself in each of these areas? And what's interesting to me is when, when, they, when people go through this exercise, it's this the first step we take with people when we're onboarding them as coaches and as coaching clients. When they go through this exercise, they begin to see the actual flat spots in real time in their life. And then it guides our conversation down, okay, how has that shown up in your world? You ranked yourself a, a four. Uh, the best part is once they do it, we say, okay, go to your spouse or significant other and have them do this exercise from their perspective of you. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you can see their heads just go. Yeah.
0: Because
1: now all of a sudden you can't there again, it's the camouflage sheet you were talking about with the elephant. They can't hide it anymore. Right. It's, it's mm-hmm. out there. And so yeah. it, it creates wonderful opportunities. But what we believe at success coaching is that we're coaching to the whole person. Right. So you're, you're an author. Someone can't come in and coach you in, in writing or creative thinking or any of the other components of, of that role um, by itself, because you're, you're a mother, you're a daughter, you're a wife. I mean, you're, you're so many other things than just the hat you wear at work, just like I am and everyone listening is. And so uh, to be effective as coaches, we really have to coach to the whole person. And that really means we've got to really get to know like down deep to the roots again, how are you doing in all these areas of life? Like how, mm-hmm. you know, because it's always, a, it's always a, a give and take. There's no such thing as a completely round wheel or a completely balanced life. That's a bunch of garbage. Right. That's just not true. We're always robbing Peter to pay Paul. We're always going to counterbalance over here because we're making up forward over here. And that's OK as long as we are aware of it and we're managing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people aren't aware. They don't manage it. And it's happening by default. And that's again, COVID just COVID didn't make people's wheel out of balance. It just exposed the wheel and it made it more severe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like the, the additional breakdowns that you, because I know for me, I have, um, which I have a question about later, but I have under that, I'd never really categorized it as purpose, but that's definitely what it is. Uh, under purpose, I have the, I have a spirituality coach and uh, what was the other category under purpose? learning. Yep. And I have, I have someone to do that too. Uh, but then you go to, to wellness, I suppose, Like I I like exercise, that's something that I'm good at, but I needed like a coach to help me just eat the food I should be eating. Like my head is so messed up about, do I eat carbs? Do I not now that I'm 40, (laughs) do I need to like, and I realized I came to this conclusion one day, I was standing in the kitchen, just paralyzed. And I'm like, I have no idea what to eat anymore. There's so many competing messages. And so I found a coach just to help with that. And it sounds so stupid. But anytime I feel like there's, for me, it was anytime I felt that paralysis or felt a plateau, um, that maybe there was an opportunity to bring someone else in. And having seen the results now over time, I know that that investment, whether it is time or money, uh, comes with a big return. And, and that's something that I would like to ask you about as well. How do you know if it's working? Like how, how, what are some of the ways that, and maybe these are the benefits of coaching, but that sounds, you know, like how do how do you know that coaching is working for you as a client, as someone who's being coached?
1: Sure. So I I think the way I'd answer that is this. We talked about this yesterday on the call, too. So um, I'm certified with John Maxwell. He's been a big mentor in my life. And one of the things he, he has a lot of laws, if you will, that he writes about, one of them is called the law of the rubber band. And I shared this with the coaches yesterday on the call. A rubber band, if it's sitting on the desk right in front of you by itself, is completely useless. A rubber band doesn't become useful until it's put under tension. And so to answer your question, the, the rubber band is, is just like us, right? So when we're sitting on the desk as the rubber band, we're not being stretched. We're just kind of bumping along, right? Just another day, another year, another decade. It's, it's not good. It's not bad. We're just kind of cruising or coasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not until we're put under tension and we're stretched a bit to our growth actually happens. And so the way I would answer that question is if you have the right coach, Uh, You're going to know it's working because you're going to regularly feel stretched. You're going to feel um, a little bit confused because the first step towards growth is confusion because you're you're looking at new things. You're considering new options and new ways of thinking and new paths forward. Um, But bottom line, if you're not being stretched, if you don't feel that tension, if you don't feel like you're being challenged, then it's not working. If you are. Um, like to your point, it doesn't mean quit. That means lean in even harder and trust the process, right? Because it is working. Um, because you think back to before you had one, you probably weren't feeling that way. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't feel like crap. <laughs> you, know? yeah. you didn't have that experience. Well, okay, that's fine. And, and I know from what you're saying too, it, it, the coach was doing that for your benefit and it was done, I'm sure the right way. Yeah. But point being, you didn't have that feeling and that experience before by yourself. And that's because we all can hide that stuff from ourselves very, very effectively.
0: It's kind of like how it's better for me, at least. It's better to, I mean, I was doing at home spin, like just spinning alone by myself, uh, putting on some music. And I know that I work a lot harder in a spin class when there's an instructor up in front of the room and whether they're watching me or not, I know a spin instructor has a lot more to think about than to watch what I'm doing. But the fact that there is some accountability, you know, it's like you you have to push yourself there, you know, so I think that that is, we can, we have a tendency to be hard on ourselves in a non productive way um, and go easy on ourselves when maybe it matters most. And I know for me and my personal experience with having coaches is that the, the impact or the return on investment isn't necessarily automatic. Uh, no. I feel like you sit down in a, a session, you have a call, you're paying for it. Like, let's make no mistake to to hire um, and engage a coach is a, is a privilege because it does require a financial ability to be able to pay that person. But that also then comes with the pressure of immediate or instant gratification. And looking back over my years or, or even most recently, the months of coaching, you wouldn't have been able to see a difference week to week or no. every other week. Like and, and so even for me, aside from feeling like I got beat up and wanting to quit, um, then add to that, that I couldn't really tell if this was uh, having an impact on me or worth the investment or not. It's only now after a period of time That I'm thinking, whoa, we have made what seemed like small changes in our life. I say our because it affects the people in our household. It affects my husband. It affects my team. They seem like small changes, but they were actually really big. And they all stemmed from the conversation and the growth that I had from my coaches. So I think that's one thing to be able to tell if it's working or not, that might take some time and it might actually take you looking back and going, whoa, I can't believe how far I've come. Now, is there anything that you would say to know if it isn't working? Because, yeah. because we we should also address this too. You, you can take on a coach and they're either not the right fit or they aren't properly qualified or... So how do you know... If something isn't working, if a coach isn't working for you.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to go back really quick and I'll come forward to this because they all tied us together. Your, your comment that you had about, uh, about knowing if it's worked um, and that you can't see it in the moment here. Here's what I want everyone to hear when they make the right decision and they hire a coach, they're not going necessarily see it happening because the coach's role, an effective coach's role again, is not to be the one, um, making the decisions and doing those things, it's to work through you to accomplish those things, right? A coach who feels like they have to have the spotlight and they, they take credit and they, they want the, the front of the parade, that's ego and mm-hmm. that doesn't serve you. That's not servant leadership, which coaching should be at its highest level. Mm-hmm. So, so to your point, you can't always see it. That's why when we we're signing people up, this company and the one I worked at before, we tell them it takes six months to even get into rhythm with each other. It's yeah. going to take you six. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to get benefit, but it's going to take you six months. Think about back to the dating years. Like, it's like saying you're going to marry somebody when you met him for five minutes. Like, that's just not reality, right? You yeah. don't even know. You don't know. You're not dance partners yet. You don't know the zigging and the zagging. Now, that's, I, I got engaged after six months of knowing somebody. So I'm kind of telling them myself. I know. Yeah. I know.
0: I know. I'm like, I was love at first sight for me. But I, I definitely see what you're saying. Like, don't don't put that pressure. No. Yeah. And it, it could. Yeah. And that could sound like, uh, well, of course, that's something that a coach would say. But I, as I am not a coach, I've had coaches and it's true. It takes, it takes some time because that growth, again, we're not, we're not fancing up the root, uh, the fruit and rearranging the leaves. Like we are going, it's sometimes you got to take out the shovel and even find the roots, you know, that takes time
1: well and I, I think the big thing there too it' absolutely you're, you're dead on right you, we're, we have to look at coaching for it to be maximum impact for the person being coached we have to look at coaching as a relationship we are we're quite literally inviting somebody into our lives uh, to to help navigate this crazy journey with us right so so if I'm going to give somebody that much responsibility, I don't know about you, but I absolutely want to invest at least a couple of months into ensuring that A, it's the right fit between the two of us and B, that we really get to know each other and the process so that there's mutual trust and respect there, because that's when we hit peak stride. That's when coaching uh, changes everything. And to your point about you know how you, how you know it's working, you don't see it in the moment because it's oftentimes it's tapping the flywheel every day, right? And that doesn't necessarily make a huge difference that day. But cumulatively over time, that's to your point, you look back and you're like, holy cow, right? Again, that's effective coaching. Because if it was easy to see, and it was all about the coach, well, then that's all about the coach. And that's not what we're getting paid for, Mm -hmm. right? It it needs to be all about the person that we're helping. So, uh, so ways that it's not working, I'll go right back to that. I told the coaches yesterday, your ego is not your amigo, right? If it's all about you as the coach, you need to get out of this profession. Mm-hmm.
0: And but if you feel as, that way you, as a as if you you feel that way as a client as you're on the calls absolutely. or having the meeting and you're like, "Wait, this seems to be more about them than me. That should be a red flag." Is that what you're saying?
1: 100%. The same time if the coach shows up unprepared. I mean, I could tell you I've, I I'm I'm really only coaching like really big pro- producers right now. And what's amazing about that is I treat them the same way I treat everyone else. However, everyone for me that I coach and everyone that coaches for me treats our coaching clients the same way that we're showing up prepared. We're showing up early. We're doing our research and homework. We're engaged in the conversation. You know, There's nothing worse than when you're paying somebody to be a coach or, or be in relationship with you as a consultant or whatever. You get on a call and you can tell that they're doing three other things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Like there's nothing worse than like, Everyone listening can tell when somebody is fully engaged, fully present, fully committed to that conversation and that person and when they're not. Yeah. So I think some of that is that's some of the biggest flags I look for is are they coming prepared? Are are they asking you about the commitments you made the last time you spoke and how you did on those to start that call? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Are they are they allowing you to get away with things? That's the other thing. Again, sometimes people try to make coaches their friend. And the problem with that, and I'm not saying you can't be friendly, but the problem with that is friends will excuse bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Friends will excuse uh, you not doing what you said you were going to do. Yeah. A coach shouldn't. That's why they're being paid. Mm-hmm. A coach said, hold on, Kendra. No, no, no. You told me that this was the most important thing. You told me that this was what you thought was the number one thing necessary this week in order for you to move in the direction you want to go further and faster we're not talking about anything else until we figure out why that didn't happen. Because this is not acceptable and can't happen again.
0: Well, and I think that would be on the flip side for the coach coming prepared. Which you're absolutely right. That is that is so critical. This is that's how you know if you have a good one. Even if you aren't seeing the immediate results, remember we, we've already talked about that. If they're showing up, if they're prepared, if they're holding you accountable, you're you're on the right path. Uh, and on the flip side of that. I would say one of the ways to see that it's not working is if you as the coachee aren't doing what you were supposed to be doing. And that's a big red flag. And I will say Mm -hmm. I, in my, in, you know, in my path of being coached again, I am not a coach, but being coached, there have been times where, yeah, I'm just, I'm just showing up not prepared, I haven't done the homework, I'm trying to make excuses for why I didn't or or divert the conversation, hoping that they <laughs> forgot what we were supposed to be talking about. Here's the thing, right. coach, it's kind of like anytime they say, you know, it's the old, uh, y- you know, you can have a shelf full of supplements or, you know, a gym full of equipment, but if you never pick up a weight or you never take the vitamin, it's not gonna do anything for you. And so I would say to... Anyone who is looking to have a coach or is in a coaching relationship, um, and you're wondering if maybe it isn't working, maybe what isn't working is you. And then you really have one of two options. You can choose to start doing the work, or maybe it is time for you to back off and figure out why you're really doing this. And to that end, I actually had this happen just this past month with the woman who's helping me with what to eat. Cause she was telling me, she wasn't telling me what to do, but I knew like she was coaching. Like I knew what I was supposed to be doing. 100%. I was not doing it. None of it. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't reporting back. I wasn't eating the right. Re- like I, I was, I was paying her and not participating whatsoever. And so I actually said to her, I'm like, Hey, I need to pause just for a second so I can figure out why I'm even here? Like why I even hired you? This has nothing to do with you. This is me. I've got to get me right. right. The good news was I got me right. And now I'm back and and stronger than ever. But but that would be the other red flag, which again, it requires self-awareness to, to
1: realize that maybe what's 100%. not working is you. <laughs> well, I, I love that point. And I think off of that too, I think a good coach needs to have an incredibly high level of awareness too, because I can't tell you Uh, over the uh, long time that I've been coaching, how many clients where we've seen this, right? And the the people come back maybe two weeks in a row, maybe three, it doesn't go further than that, where they're just not doing what they said they were going to do. As a coach, if you have a good one, their awareness should be at a high enough level that they should pause and say, okay, hold on, let's dig into this, Mm -hmm. right? And I can't tell you how many times I've had that conversation with clients and the ultimate outcome was not that, that they did anything different or I did anything different. It was that together we discovered that what they thought they wanted was not what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as a result, that's why they didn't have the, com- the compelling feeling and the, the desire and the drive to do those things because it turns out they didn't have enough positive emotion connected with the why because it was the wrong why it was the wrong goal. Yeah. Right. So as a, as a weak coach, if we just let that continue on, that's just going to fizzle. They're going to get frustrated. Relationship goes away. Persons not move forward. There's no impact. Everybody loses. Yeah. The right coach will say, hold on again, we got to go deeper. Let's let's figure this out. Let's talk again about what you really want. Let's talk about why that's important. What's significant about that? What does that do for you? Mm-hmm. Right. We have to there's again, there's process that we teach our coach. We have to go deep enough to really get to get agreement from all parties that this really is our objective. This is really why this is important. And when there's a a big enough connection there, now all of a sudden the stuff even we don't want to do is a lot easier to do consistently because we've associated it with the right end goal.
0: Yep, yep. No, I think that that is. We hear a lot about what's your why. And again, I think it's one of those watered down phrases now. But being yep. clear, I mean, it's one thing to climb the ladder, it's another thing if it's propped up against the wrong tree, right? Right. So, Ben, as we wrap up, you've mentioned it a couple of times as we've been on this call. And as I mentioned in the introduction, you are the managing director of success coaching. I always ask my guests, where can we find you? What are you working on. So tell me a little bit about that and how people can learn more if they're interested.
1: Sure. Well, uh, personally, they can just go to BenFairfield.com. They can link off to social media and all that stuff there. Um, would love to see everybody online. Uh, and if they're wanting to explore what coaching is, uh, they can go to success.com forward slash coaching. Uh, and it outlines the different coaching programs we have. We, uh, we're currently certifying. We're in a class of 30 coaches right now. We already have 11 on board Um, And the beauty of of what we're doing is, again, it's holistic coaching, coaching to the whole person uh, and it's coaching anyone in in any industry in in any walk of life. Right. So we're not limited by industry or company or location or geography. Uh, We're looking to have maximum impact and coach the influencers who impact the world. And so that's that's what we've built. And that's what we're rolling out. And uh, we already have clients on board and we're having some big impact and we're looking to uh, to reach more people. So if they want to learn more, that'd be the spot to go.
0: Awesome. And I think it's interesting too, because that's a place to go. If you're looking to have a coach and there's a good chance that there are a lot of people listening who either are or are interested in becoming a coach and maybe have been inspired by this conversation. So if that's you, I would imagine there's information there to check that out as well. Absolutely. Well, Ben, thank you so much. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. It's something that I'm very passionate about, and I can't wait to hear the stories of the impact that you've made.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome talking with you.
0: This has been Success Stories with Kendra Hall. If you like what you're hearing, hit subscribe, drop us a review, and tell your friends. If you'd like to hear more shows like this one, go to success.com slash podcasts.